You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. I'm Michael Bumpus. He is Nasa Chobie, and this is Hawk Talk Preview Week 3. The Cowboys are coming to town, but before we dive into that, injury updates with Nasa Chobie. Well, thanks, Bump. Uh, I wish I had better news, but this injury update is definitely starting on a somber note. Pete Carroll stepped up to the podium this week and provided updates on Bruce Irvin, Marquise Blair, and Philip Dorsett. Right off the top, both Bruce and Marquise uh, are going to have to have surgery, and so that means that they will be done for the season, um, and uh, which is really a big blow, you know. And I know a lot of teams lost players this weekend. But, you know, we we certainly felt it with, with both those guys. Both those guys have a lot to offer your team in their attitude and approach and style of play. And so it'll be difficult to replace those guys. Uh, Philip Dorsett, uh, we're looking to figure out how to, how to work this out. We need to give him a break to make sure that his foot is, is healed and back. We, you know, he tried to get back this week uh, to play in this past game and, and uh, couldn't do it. So we have to give him more time than that. And we have to consider what we're doing with that. Philip is not part of, of, of this game plan coming up. We're going to rest him for sure. Both Irvin and Blair have been placed on IR officially, and the Seahawks have called up cornerback Lyndon Stevens and defensive tackle Anthony Rush to take their places on the active roster. Philip Dorsett has also been placed on IR, leaving one open roster spot to be filled before Sunday's game. Lastly, head coach Pete Carroll gave us the latest on Rasheem Green. Rasheem is uh, he's still kind of in the same mode. We haven't turned the corner yet. Uh, we'll have to see as this week goes on if he improves enough where he'll be able to play this week. Um, he's not feeling that bad, but he's still got a, a little something going on that we've we got to wait through it and see if, which day it turns. And, and so we won't know until later in the week. Um, but he, he hasn't been cleared yet for this week, so we'll, we'll see what happens. All right, the Hawks got it done last week in a thriller. Beat the Pats, came down to the one-yard line. L.J. Collier makes a play on Cam Newton to seal the deal. But now we got to focus on the Cowboys. Nas, who's next? Go! Who's next? Yeah. Cowboys are coming into town. They're one and one. They lost to the Rams in week one. They bounced back and beat the Atlanta Falcons in a thriller. A thriller. Now, let's throw a funny stat out there. The Hawk, I mean, the Falcons are the first team to lose when they're up. What with with three or four turnovers? I don't know the specifics, but they're the first team to do what they did out of 440 tries, and that's never good, right? No, it was something like scoring 39 points and all those yards and the, winning the turnover battle and all that stuff yeah. and to lose like in that fashion, man. That was bone-crushing, I feel, for those boys down in Atlanta, man. Feel for them in Atlanta, but Dak Prescott did his thing. 34 for 47, 450 yards, one touchdown, three rushing touchdowns. He is the first person in NFL history to throw for over 400 yards and have three rushing touchdowns. That looks like a running back who played quarterback stat right there. That's what we that's what we saw out of Dak Prescott. Well, he's putting up the numbers, man. And let me tell you something. He is campaigning to pay the man. He is Damn. earning it. He is the real deal. Honestly, like you said, 450 yards throwing the ball, three rushing touchdowns. Dak is the real deal. And he just can do it in every single form or fashion. He's legit. He's tough to tackle. And it's going to be it's going to be a bear for the Seahawks defense this week. 
He's tough to tackle, and I'm watching film, and he's standing in the pocket and taking some hits. I mean, they've had uh, five or six just really good hits on Dak Prescott last game, and he's standing in there, and he's making plays. And we can't forget about Ezekiel Elliott. 22 carries, 89 yards, one touchdown. Not a great game, but a solid game by Ezekiel Elliott. And just like the Hawks, I guess the previous Hawks, the Dallas Cowboys set everything up with the run, especially when you have an O-line like they have and a guy like Elliott in the backfield. Absolutely, and even it doesn't really matter who's playing offensive line for the Cowboys. Honestly, they were missing. We're going to talk about that in Man Up, but they're missing their starting left Pro Bowl tackle, but they yep. still find ways to get it done. They're one of the most talented groups out there, and Zeke Elliott is just, I mean, speaks for itself, man. The guy's been doing it since he was at Ohio State. A very workman's-like game, 22 carries, 89 yards. Didn't pop, didn't go crazy, but still very efficient and helping Dak throw for all those yards. Did you see his new tattoo? I did. I, I, I think did. it says feed or eat. What is it? On his stomach, I think right? it's feed right here. No, eat me, man. Need it. I see the hey. cereal box. Eat him. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. You got to stay in shape the rest of your life. You get a stomach tattoo. I mean, that's that's a bold. That's bold right there. It is a bold decision. Luckily, he's in his 20s, so it's good for now. <laughs> Hit me back in 20 years and see if it still looks good. 20 years. Wait until you're 34 <laughs> like me, man. I got to... <laughs> I had to had to put the the beer down and pick up the Trulies. That's my situation Absolutely. right now. Absolutely. All right, here we go. C.D. Lamb, the rookie, caught six passes for 106 yards. I like this kid. He works the slot. There's a play that he had against the Atlanta Falcons where he's the bender. It's when you're in the trips formation, you're the number three receiver closest to the tackle. When you are that number three receiver and you got verticals, you can bend your route behind the linebackers. That's what he did. The run after the catch is awesome. I like this dude. What do you see out of him? Well, like you said, he's just explosive, and he's a workhorse, man. He was a dog in college, and he's showing he, – he had a decent debut. I think he had like six catches for like 59 yards in week one. But last week, yep. he really showed that he's going to be a part of this offense moving forward. All right, now, the story of the game for the Cowboys was a tale of two halves, okay? This is the drive chart in the first half. First possession, punt, second, fumble, third, fumble, fourth, out on downs, fifth, fumble. And then they got things going in the second half. Dak Prescott didn't account for any touchdowns in the first half. Second half, he accounted for four touchdowns. Somehow, someway, they got this thing going. Is it more Dallas being nice, or is it more Atlanta Falcons just being the Atlanta Falcons? Or the Atlanta F-words is what I heard someone say oh my goodness. Uh, during the week. <laughs> um, it's, it's hard to tell, honestly. I mean... There's no, you're not going to win football games for the most part if you start the game punt, fumble, fumble, downs, fumble. I mean, that is probably one of the worst starts I've ever seen in an NFL football game. So it's got to be a little both. I mean, I'm starting to lean a little bit on the Falcons, just what we've seen from them so far this season. But then again, as we're talking about, these Cowboys are super talented. They got weapons on offense. And then you flip to the second half, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, downs, touchdown, touchdown, field goal. I mean... That is some good production right there, man. <laughs> good production to say the least. Now, they outscored the Falcons 30-10 to 10 in the second half and recovered an onside kick like I've never seen it before. They call it the watermelon kick. You just put the ball on the ground. You kick it. It starts to spin. It was almost like the spin had the Atlanta Falcons hypnotized. They were like, do we jump on the football? <laughs> Atlanta. You can touch the ball within the first 10 yards. The kicking team cannot touch the ball within 10 yards. Somebody didn't do their homework. Do you put that on the special teams coach? Do you oh, put that on the head man, coach? Put that, that on the players? Who takes this blame? That just hurts my head. And while I think about who's taking the blame, <laughs> let's hear what it sounded like down in Atlanta. So it's a two-point game with 149 to go. Got to be careful this little dribbler down the middle now. Yeah. 
And the ball is recovered by Dallas. The ball spun around. Atlanta looked at it. It rolled across, and Dallas got it. The rolling on the field is a recovery by Dallas. First down. How in the world, Dave? Zacchaeus has got a dive on the football. Here's the deal, Bump. So initially, you always want to just go after the special teams coach, right? Yep. But, man, at some point, you're an NFL football player. you got to make a play. Like, you, you know the <laughs> rules. Because here's the thing. Because you know all week long, special team coaches, every special teams meetings every single morning. And then come towards the end of the week, come Friday, Saturday, they go into situations. They're saying, what happens when this happens? Especially yeah. on the hands team, right? So I, you have to know that that was covered at some point in the week. I think, honestly, the front line just kind of brain farted. But at the end of the day, <laughs> it, you're the coaching staff, so you got to be held accountable. But, man, and even going back into, like, the high school days, man, I, when I was coaching special teams, telling kids, you might go over something right before the play. If this yeah. happens, you need to do this. And sometimes this doesn't happen. But, man, that just, oh, God, that just hurts my heart, man, watching that. I feel bad for that special teams coach, but he's going to get all that blame. He's going to get it. it they're going to say he did not relay that message effectively to where his players were receptive and took the coaching. For some reason, they did not take that coaching. I do not want to believe that they did not go over that scenario. That is basic stuff. I was a high school head coach. If that happened, I'm livid. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it, look, it, it just looked like JV football. They just <laughs> look like a bunch of ninth graders who aren't really going to play varsity football were on the field and didn't know what the heck they were doing. Well, it kind of reminds me of uh, like in basketball, like when you start a second half and then teams kind of forget which way they're going. That's kind of <laughs> what it felt like because the ball was just sitting there. And it had been one thing if it was boom, boom, but the ball just spun and spun and spun. But, oh, my goodness. And it was painful. And then, unfortunately, after that, it set up this game winner. 46 for the win. No timeouts, good snap, good hold, 46 yards. Yes, sir, kiss that pig. <laughs> the final score, Dallas 40, Atlanta 39. Woo, heartbreak hotel. Mm -mm. Heartbreak hotel. All right, well, we're gonna we're gonna move on from the Falcons. They're 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 dealing with enough. Now let's talk about the history between the Seattle Seahawks and the Cowboys. No. Your history. So, Bump, normally I would come out here and I'd have a bunch of clips to fire you up about the last time we played this team because hopefully <laughs> it was a good result. Unfortunately, you and uh, we were both there in Dallas the last yes. time the Seahawks played. Unfortunately, the last meeting was a heartbreaking 24-22 to wildcard defeat during the 2018 season. Uh, it was really disappointing because that team went through so much, and we had an amazing time in Dallas. We were right there, yeah. just couldn't quite get it done. So, unfortunately, last meeting didn't go so hot. But look at the series record. Dallas leads the series 11-9. and But prior to that, the Seahawks won earlier in 2018, 24-13 here at CenturyLink Field. So that was the last time these two teams matched up in Seattle. And it's going to be a battle. I mean, it was a battle at the AT&T stadium when we went a couple years ago is going to be a battle this time uh, if both teams are playing at a high level off high level offensively right now mm -hmm. defensively there are some things that they need to fix so my i'm anticipating a shootout when it comes to seahawks versus dallas i'm gonna say 30 plus points each team but i'll save that prediction for the sunday uh yeah show. you need all I the help so you great get. at predicting scores you know what i mean i'm, I'm so good at it something to be desired for you bump 
<laughs> All right, now let's talk about the NFC West. What's the word in the West? Where my soldiers at? West side. Where my soldiers at? West side. And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West? On Hawk Talk. What's the word in the West? I'll tell you what the word is, Nas. Hawks are 2 0. Cardinals 2 0. Rams 2 0. And the Niners are at the bottom of the barrel at 1 1. Is this the type of start you would have predicted for the NFC West? Um, honestly. I thought the division was going to be really good. I did, but this 6-0 and against the rest of the league, I mean, we talked about all preseason thinking that this was going to be one of the best divisions in football, but I think what made me fully believe that 100% is the Cardinals. The Cardinals this year are going to be a problem. Yes, they started 2-0. We might be getting ahead of ourselves, but Kyle Murley, man, in his second year is the real deal. He's really fun to watch, Bump. It's video game stuff. He just has another gear. And what's crazy, he's fast. When you see fast guys, you look at their stride lengths, right? It seems like he just got those those little stride lengths, but for some reason he gets the most out of it, and it's the way he throws the football. It's just a flick of the wrist. You know, I was talking to Paul Moyer last week. When you watch Cam throw, everything's into that throw. His whole body, his lower body, his upper body, there's a lot going on. When Kyler Murray throws the football, it's just a little flick of the wrist. It's a little, a little baseball motion. That's why he was going to get paid, what, $4 million to go play yep. for the uh, for the athletics back in the day. But I'm with you. Kyler Murray looks great. He's got DeAndre Hopkins. And the Rams got a, a nice little run game going right now. I'm impressed with their run game. They're not – it's not cute. They're not getting outside the tackles. They're not doing all this fancy stuff. They're like, look, here's a lead. Here's a trap. Here's a power. They're getting back to what kind of made them great a couple of years ago, establishing the run game first. Yeah, and honestly, the Rams, first of all, from a Seahawks standpoint, the Rams have always given our football team trouble. Whether they were the Jeff Fisher Rams, whoever's coaching, whoever's going down there, they give us pro- problems. Obviously, Sean McVay is a great head coach, took him to the Super Bowl two years ago. But, yeah, the Rams are still good, and Jared Goff is still throwing the ball while well. he threw for 267 yards and three tuds last week. So they're 2-0, and and they beat the Dallas Cowboys in week one. Are you a Goff believer now? We've been hard on this man. We've been hard on him. You believing in him now? Uh, the, the jury is still out for me. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. He's a, he's a great athlete. He can throw the pill. It's just kind of – there's just so much, I feel, like that's credited to Sean McVay. Just yeah. because he's such an offensive mastermind, and he's in his headset till 15 seconds before the play – Granted, Goss still has to go out there and make throws, but when those Rams are rolling, it's because of everything else around him. So, I mean, I'm not saying he can't be one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I just still – I need to see more. The ju- jury's still out for me. Jury's still out. Okay. Now let's talk about these 49ers, man. They're having a tough year. Yes, Ooh. they beat the Jets 31-13 last week, but Bosa's out with an ACL. Solomon's out with an ACL. Jimmy G, high ankle sprain. Mostert, MCL. George Killer had a sprained MCL the week before. Richard Sherman has a calf injury. Demo Samuel has a Jones fracture. Like, all their playmakers are gone. Do you have any type of sympathy for the Niners? Or are you going to be a cold-hearted Seahawk fan and show them no love? Well, here's the deal, man. You never want to see people get hurt, <laughs> right? I never will ever root for any professional athlete at any level or anyone else to get hurt. With that being said, 
this is the National Football League. It is what it is. Every single team is going to have to deal with injuries, and you're going to have to – it just comes, and you're going to have to deal with it when it comes. Do you think the Niners felt bad for the Seahawks when we lost Chris Carson, when we lost uh, C.J. Procise, when we lost all of our <laughs> running backs, when we lost Dwayne Brown, when we lost all these tackles, and what we went into week 16 of last season with? No, they didn't because the NFL, everyone gets paid to play, and they're going to strap them up and play. So the Niners, holy smokes, they got – they got some work to do, and they're going to have to do some soul-searching, and it's going to come at them quick. So we'll really see how resilient that bunch is moving forward. So in a short answer, no. You have no sympathy uh, for them. It is what it no, is. No, it's the league. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I don't. Hey, competition. Got to compete. All right, next segment is our matchups. We're going to call the segment Man Up. Hey, who man's is this? Oh, man's is this? Man Up. Man up on Hawk Talk. Man up. You want to beat the Cowboys, you got to win some matchups. And the first matchup is Dak Prescott versus the Seahawks defense. Now, if we're going off the first couple of weeks off of the defensive performance by the Hawks and the performance by Dak Prescott, we can go out and say that Dak is going to eat. He's going to get his. He's going to throw the ball for over 300 yards. Yeah, I mean, he is what he is, man. I mean, we we learned from Dak right when he first got to this football team. I mean, it was it was here in Seattle in a preseason game in 2016 where Tony Romo got hurt. Dak is thrown into the starting lineup, and he took off, and he has been that good and that impressive since he took over, and right now he's playing at an incredibly high level. I won't say quite as to where Russell's at so far this year, but Dak <laughs> is right behind him. Right behind him, he has 716 yards through the air so far this year. That is second in the league. That continues to play at a high level. And there's a reason why he wanted to hold out. There's a reason why he wanted his money, because he feels like he is an elite quarterback. And so far, he has shown that. When I look at Dak Prescott, the thing that jumps out to me is his toughness. Now, you heard about his offseason, lost a brother, trying to get paid there's a lot of things that could affect his performance on the field I see a guy who just shows up every single week and makes it happen and he's surrounded with some talent what jumps out to you well he's just like you mentioned everything that he's been through this past year he's just a leader man he came out was a leader talked about you know dealing with some mental health issues and just being being a leader for everyone across the country people need to hear that that's okay and he's doing that while dealing and playing the toughest position in sports. He's playing quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, okay? So, I mean, then you see what he does on the field. He's just a leader, and I think he's taken a huge step this year, and he's definitely someone one to be reckoned with all season for sure. The next matchup, Russell Wilson versus the Cowboys defense. Russell is balling right now. The clear MVP leader so far in the NFL. Uh, Russell has an 82.5% completion percentage through two games, the highest do the first two games of an NFL season in history, minimum 40 attempts. This dude is playing at a level that we haven't really seen, and he's starting to get that recognition and that love that we've been giving to him since day one. Can this continue is the question. Well, it's asking a lot for it to continue at this clip, all right? I mean, there's other – we could talk Russell Wilson stats all day long. He's 8 for 8 in the red zone, 82 yards, 5 touchdowns, okay? He's thrown 9 touchdowns, and according to Pro Football Focus, only 5 uncatchable passes, balls that he's thrown mm. away. He's leading the league in touchdown passes. I mean, there's a million different stats, and he's come through in every which way. And because 
he is really just taking ownership of this offense. I expect him to continue to play at this high of a level. Maybe less touchdowns. Maybe some of those numbers will come down. But how he's commanding this offense, I don't see that stopping anytime soon because he's just too special. I put out a tweet the other day saying that Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the league. And you know everyone. Not everyone, but a lot of people. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. Well, Russell's doing some things that Patrick Mahomes hasn't done, at least not this year. Four touchdowns on passes thrown. 20-plus yards down the field. No other quarterback has more than two. So I get it. Pat Mahomes, baller. But Russell was just playing at a different level. The Cowboys gave up 39 points last week and only has two sacks on the season. So that tells me that that O-line should be able to protect and that this offense should be able to continue what they've been doing. I'm excited to see... What happens and if DK and the gang can keep this level of play up? Oh, I definitely – I'm looking forward to it too. And as you mentioned, the Cowboys only have two sacks on the season. Our offensive line last week, after the really the first quarter against Atlanta, they've really figured out and gelled in terms of protection. Russell's had some really clean pockets and stuff like that. So I expect our offensive line to keep Russell upright and then him to continue to play how he's been playing the last couple of weeks. What's the matchup you're looking at, Nas? What else? I mean, the next one – you get. <laughs> You got to look at Zeke, man. You got to look at Zeke versus our front seven. Now, it's obviously you go in every week, you say you got to stop the run. Every football yeah. team wants to stop the run. So, <laughs> like, they're like, oh, nice job, Nass. That's a great matchup. You fought really hard <laughs> on that one. No, but it, it is what it is, man. It starts with him. So, he's had 44 carries, 185 yards, and two touchdowns on the year. Decent in the receiving game, nine receptions, 64 yards, one touchdown. What I see from him is he is still incredibly physical. Okay. The last game that we lost down there, there was times where we couldn't get him down. He's just someone, he's like a catalyst for them. And if he gets going early on, it's going to be really hard to stop that offense. Because once he gets going, now you gotta, you're got you getting caught up in play action and Dak is just going to throw the ball over the yard. So it's got to start there from our front seven and stopping Zeke. Has to start in the front seven. And the Seahawks have been grading us around the ranking. Number two in the NFL, allowing just 69 yards per game. So if they can keep that up, that's going to be awesome. But let's let's remember Todd Gurley doesn't seem like the Todd Gurley of oldest who they played last week or excuse me, the first week. And then second week, you pretty much played a quarterback who runs the football in Cam Newton. You still James White didn't play because of his unfortunate situations. You still got Burkhead at New England. So they've proven they can stop the run, but haven't been tested the way that they are going to be tested this week. Okay, the next matchup, Seahawks DNs versus Cowboys backup tackles. Now, you mentioned it earlier. The Cowboys lost their left tackle, and you expect LJ and Vince Mayoa to really test this guy. LJ might be turning a corner. Mm -hmm. That play he made last week against the New England Patriots and Cam Newton to seal the game, I feel like it's going to catapult him to another place, or at least I hope it does. Do the Hawks need these DNs to do more than what they've been doing for them to have success on Sunday? Well, yeah, honestly, I think they do. And I think you mentioned it. I really hope that this is a springboard for LJ because, unfortunately, losing Bruce Irvin for the season with an ACL in a position group that was already kind of thin, those guys need to step up. And it's got to be a guy committee. And so it's Benson Mayoa, it's LJ Collier, it's Rasheem Green, right? And then it goes into the interior. You know, it's Puna Ford, it's Jay Reed, Demontre Moore. So all those guys got to step up as a collective unit. And for me, when they have an opportunity to get guys down, they have to finish, right? You know, Cam Newton, we didn't sack him at all last, or Jamal got him one time from behind. 
But there were several times where we had him dead to rights and we couldn't quite wrap up. So those guys really, when they have an opportunity, they have to finish. Only three sacks with his defense right now. Two coming from the safety position, okay? I love that Jamal Adams is active, but you said it. Benson Mayola needs to get after him. LJ, Jay Reed, Puna. I just want to hear different names in the sack column other than Jamal. Jamal, keep doing your thing. Get Mm -hmm. them sacks, do what you do. But for this defense to take another step, that defensive line needs to step up. And why not be this week? Why not go after a backup tackle? Why not send some pressure? If the Hawks can get through this game, and start 3-0, it's looking like they can be 5-0 and before uh, the bye week. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, how are they going to get this win done? Here is the path to victory. One, you cannot let Dak Prescott throw for 400 yards. It's almost like, actually, but we want Dak to throw for 400. You know why? <laughs> the Danny O'Neill stack. Because oh, whenever man. a quarterback throws for 400 yards, the Hawks are 9-0 and under Pete Carroll. So I say, you know what? Play soft coverage. Let Dak throw the rock, right? That's what that's what data says. So we should be cool. Uh, that's what data says, man. <laughs> but come on, that stat cannot go on forever. It's one of those things too, where like you can say that, but I'm sure if you go to Ken Norton Jr. right now and be like, Are you okay with this? He's gonna say no. So I think they gotta and I think we started to see a little bit of it. We know Shaquille's played has played well this season and Quentin Dunbar as the game went on last week, started playing a lot better, got an interception. So I hope we can tighten some of those stuff up and it'll definitely help if we can get some pressure up front. Another thing they have to do, you have to bring Dak down. Now, easier said than done. He's a big boy. Not not as big as Cam, but he's not small at all. And he's mobile. Not as mobile as Cam, but he's mobile. He, actually, he might be more mobile. Who do you think is more mobile right now, Dak or Cam? Today, I mean, I would typically just say Cam. Maybe, I might just be biased to so just think of all the games I've watched Cam, whether it was in college or at Carolina. Yeah. But, but Dak's right up there, too. I mean, he's not looking to run, but if he has to, He's going to get out there and go, and he's going to be – he's a load to bring down for sure. Yep. Got to wrap that dude up. Also, Ezekiel Elliott can't get going early, right? The Hawks are number two against the run right now, allowing 69 yards. I don't think you can contain Zeke to only 69 yards. If you do, kudos. That's awesome. But I think if he had around 89 yards like last week, um, I think that's containing him. But it's – not allowing him to have the big play early and gain momentum. Absolutely. And I think I think that's the one that's probably one of the biggest things this defense needs to fix moving forward is not allowing explosive plays. The last two weeks, really uncharacteristic of Pete Carroll coach defenses to give up explosive plays, whether it's run in the past and it starts with Zeke, so you can't let him get going early. He can't pop one for thirty or forty. You gotta keep him contained. Anything under a hundred is good for me. Anything under a hundred, you have to you talk about explosive plays. I can name two right now from last week. CeeDee Lamb had a play for about 50-something yards. Amari Cooper had a play on a rollout for about 40-something yards. You have to eliminate them. But with all the weapons that these dudes have, somebody's going to pop, right? It's impossible to think that Lamb's not going to do anything. Michael Gallup, we haven't really mentioned. Schultz, who scored the only receiving touchdown last year. These guys have weapons. So if you had to – what's What's the max amount of, of explosive plays you think these guys can allow? Three, four? What do you think? I mean, <laughs> if you're talking coach speak, you'd say zero. But uh, zero. no, you're right. It's, it's going to happen at some point. It's how you bounce back. But honestly, I think it's got to be under six. It's got to be, under, be six. under six. And hopefully those are passes about 15 yards and not long runs. But either way, if, if you're around six, I think you're in good shape to win the ball game. And the most important key when it comes to their path to victory is letting Russell do his thing. This guy's playing at a high level. 
Pete Carroll says he's throwing the ball with conviction. Um, Shoddy is up in the booth now, so now he can see the the whole field. And I I think that's huge in the development of this offense because we spoke to Ray in the the Hawk Talk recap, and he talked about Russell Wilson really having the keys to the car now. A big indicator of that is Shoddy being upstairs and not feeling like he's got to be in Russell's ear right now. He's got to have his hands on everything. When you start to kind of ease back a bit and delegate, that lets you know that you're in a good place. And obviously they're in a good place because Russell's playing at an extremely high level. Yeah, Shoddy's got to keep doing Shoddy because honestly he doesn't get enough credit. A lot of people like to go after offensive coordinators because that's low-hanging fruit. But there's not a dang thing you can go after Shoddy or this offense for through two games a season. So, Brian Schottenheimer, keep calling great games, and it's going to be good for the Seahawks on Sunday. Shoddy, keep doing what you're doing. Defense, data said you can give up 400 yards passing. Nass doesn't <laughs> like that, though. So, let's uh, let's pump the brakes on that. Wrap, uh, Dak Prescott up. Don't allow Zeke to have explosive plays. Not too many, at least early. And do what you can on the outside. Attack that offensive line, especially especially the left tackle spot. It looks like we got the formula, man. We should just send them our scouting report and be like, look, Seahawks, these are the <laughs> things you need to do to win on Sunday. Me and Nats got to figure it out. We got to figure it out. Let's get it done, Bob. <laughs> All right. There it is. Hawk Talk preview edition week three. The Cowboys are coming to the Northwest. We appreciate you guys for listening. Hey, take notes. We got the path to victory. Hope these Hawks pay attention. We'll holler at y'all next time. Have a good one.